Liz and I first met at a mutual friend's party when we were both working in the beer industry. We had heard each other's names for years, but finally got the chance to meet and our friendship took off immediately. She mentions in this episode that pre-pandemic, she traveled 85% of the time. So while we haven't had the chance to spend a whole lot of time together in person, I've absolutely loved any time spent with her. We've enjoyed various events, lunches, and happy hours together over the years, and we start off this episode with how she began to mentor me as a small business owner. We have a mutual love of people, and we know how imperative it is for both of our businesses to maintain relationships. We also both prioritize not only our own mental health, but we also strive to normalize conversations surrounding mental health. Mental health is health. Running her own company, Experience 3, keeps Liz super busy, and I'm really grateful for not only her friendship and guidance, but that she was able to join me for this recording. She shares a lot of helpful advice for our listeners, and our conversation was quite entertaining. Thanks so much for listening, and enjoy the following episode, Mental Health, Mentorship, and Maintaining Relationships, The Important 3Ms with Liz Einhorn. My guest today is Liz Einhorn of Experience 3. Um, she is the founder of Experience Theory, I should note. Um, we have a mutual love of people. We love talking to them. We love developing relationships with them. And we also love helping them. So her and I met uh, when we were both working in the beer industry, which now feels like a million years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the most uh, you know, kind of pivotal moments of our friendship um, is when I was leaving the beer industry and going through a rough time. Um, you took me to lunch at the Dutch. Um, I'm pretty sure we would have brought a bubble bottle of bubbles with us. Uh, <laughs> but that, that would have been appropriate. Maybe two. Um, and you wrote on a little slip of paper, Mary Grace for president. And I put that up on my refrigerator, having no clue that in two years time, I would start my own company and become president of MG, the venue specialist. So no political aspirations uh, on this side over here. But um, that was that was really huge for me. And so, uh, you know, as a, as a fellow female business owner and all around amazing human being. Um, you know, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself and also tell us about your company that you started, uh, Experience 3. What's that all about? Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be a part of the podcast and everything you're doing. I'm so proud of you and so excited for you. And um, I'm just really humbled to be here. It's really, from where I sit, it's really exciting to see how you've grown. And I'm just excited to see what develops as well. So experience three, I've had for four years now, which is bananas to me. It feels like I just started yesterday. Uh, We're a growth strategy and consulting firm. So primarily I do work with clients that are in the hospitality space, the beverage space, it's where I came from. But the principle of three is the three E's, which is explore, educate, engage. So it's a 360 degree view of looking at opportunities for clients a lot of times people think that growth, and we'll, we'll talk about this today, what growth looks like in a pandemic, growth strategy in a pandemic is a lot of fun. Um, but keeping that in mind, like growth doesn't mean just like right when you're started or when you're stuck. It's at any point in the cycle. If you have a brand, if you have an organization that you're trying to engage with an audience, explore is business development, educate is training and process management and making sure that you have all the fundamentals in place so that you can engage, which is really execution. And so like what that looks like for our clients can be 
anything from, you know, RFP responses for the airport, so helping them grow their businesses can you, in a non-traditional Can you tell setting. our listeners what RFP means? That's uh, absolutely that a common... Request, common uh, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> it is request for proposal. So basically an RFP can be in an airport environment. Uh, it indicates like there may be a space in the airport that's currently a Dunkin' Donuts, but they might want a local coffee concept or... They might say it's a mixed use space that we want to have a full service bar or restaurant. So like one of the projects that I've worked on is there was a bid that I worked on that I created a concept, um, Brewtop Social, which we won the bid and it's now getting built in Seattle airport. So again, the takeaway is explore, educate, engage, three E's. Um, I saw working in the industry that more often than not, people were operating in silos and it's an opportunity to make sure that there's no internal barriers to growth, that the left hand is talking to the right hand, that sales, marketing, and production are all on the same page, that you're engaging the right audience, that you have the right mindset, and that everything is grounded in how do you grow and what does growth mean for you? Oh, I wish you could have helped out with our former employer, <laughs> with my former employer. That would have been so helpful. It was... Oh. The, wow. the left hand and the right hand were not always on the same page. And it's, uh, it's a very frustrating experience to be in for sure. You will have the first ticket to the time machine that I somehow <laughs> create. I haven't decided if I want like a time machine or a teleportation device. I, I think are both like high on my list. Teleportation might edge out time machine though. It's, I mean, we, uh, I had never seen the second Bill and Ted's. Uh, and so Bob and I spent Sunday never just vegging out one. watching all three of them. And I think I, I, I think that it's supposed to be like an excellent representation of like what time travel really is. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if only we could have actually had this, especially this past oh my gosh. year and a half. <laughs> yes. Anyway, speaking of what, Sign me what, up. what did this last year and a half, you know, look like for you with experience three, you know, I think I probably, one of the last times I saw you in person would have been shortly before, whether it was like at a Philadelphia women in food and hospitality meeting or an event. And, um, you know, March 20th hits like what, what clients were you working with at the time? Like what, what, what did that look like for you? So big picture, like growth strategy more often than not indicates expansion. Uh, in a pandemic, growth strategy is uh, survival mode. <laughs> so what that looked like for not only the clients that I was working with, but really like what did it look like for me um, and my company and, and navigating that. So at the time, you know, it's funny, my first, the first week in March, um, Airport Experience News is the largest airport conference that happens each year. They're a publication so all different members of the industry, the aviation industry, like concessionaires that operate concepts, brands that want to be in the airport, the airports themselves. We were all at this massive conference together in Denver. So I went there the first week of March, you know, excited. I've, one of my clients is Parodies Lagardere, and we do all of their experiential um, events and trade shows. We do their, we had several booths, Vino Volos. Um, part of that as well. So we had like boosts at the trade show. We did a client event. We did all this, all this stuff that now seems like so foreign. <laughs> um, but I did it right before kind of like that shoe dropped. And then, you know, obviously with the pandemic, trade shows went away, <laughs> client events went away. So 
that contract, which had been one of the largest contracts that the company had, and I had multiple people that were working with me on my team to support that, um, that was put on pause. So, you know, I had to let employees go, which was a really hard conversation. I have structured the company. So it's an S corp. I, I run it. I'm a sole ownership of it, but I have like contractors and freelancers that I work with that I'll build out the right teams. So like each project we do, I don't believe in like a black and white approach um, to any client. Like you're going to tailor to what their needs are. So you're going to build out the teams accordingly. Um, So, you know, letting people go was really tough as part of that. But, you know, and I had other contracts that like, you know, I was just at this massive conference and like got all these opportunities and we're supposed to start all these projects and air procurement and all of that shut down. And it was a really scary time. But also I mentioned that the bulk of my clients are hospitality and beverage, but the idea, the principle of growth, the idea of, you know, consistent and transparent communication, like that applies to multiple industries. So luckily I was working with Nerd Street Gamers at the time and we had to pivot the nature of the scope of the work that I was doing with them. But we had talked about in terms of long-term planning, we had talked about me doing training for them. And basically overnight within 48 hours, I developed, I became their corporate trainer. (laughs) And there were a lot of really great things that happened because of that. First of all, we were able to um, keep people in their jobs. Um, You know, John Fazio, who I have tremendous respect for, he is the CEO of Nerd Street Gamers, which is a, for those that might not be familiar, it's an esports company that's based here in Philadelphia. And they're probably at a new headquarters. They are. um, They're at 401 North Broad. Just passed it heading north on Broad yesterday. Yeah. So they'll have their headquarters. There's going to be so much great stuff happening there. They're going to have their headquarters there. They're going to have a local host, which is um, like their their, Nerd Street as an entity, just as like so many different things going on. So that's actually a great segue. So local host was what I did the trainings for. So local host is um, where people can go and they can play games. Because a lot of times if you're playing games and like you and I are, you're in your living room, I'm in my office, like playing against each other. It's not necessarily an even playing field. Like you might have better tech than I have. I might have a better Wi-Fi connection, local host. It's a level playing field. So, you know, you come and you pay, like there's memberships or you pay like an hourly rate to come in and play, but you're on the same equipment. Like you're sitting in the same chairs. You have the same Wi-Fi. Um, it's a way to also socialize and engage, which is great. So it's Making very hosts, like competitions that. and things like that. There? Yep. Are they, they do a ton of events. They do a ton of events. So great. We'll add that to, you know, your registry of, of events and event venues for sure. Um, but getting us back on track, you know, it's, I was really applauded John because his thing was like the mental health of his employees, like during all of this and making sure people were okay. And, you know, organizations, if somebody was being trained, like they could be getting paid to being trained. So we, did training for several weeks. And I remember people were like, Oh my gosh, it's the lockdown. And like, you have a business. Are you okay? I'm like, I'm on zoom calls 16 hours a day. I'm fine. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm Netflix. (laughs) Netflix is my friend. Takeout is my friend, like support restaurants. Like we're good. And it's, I actually, you know, I was three years in, um, to having the business at that time. So I'm really grateful that I was established finance financially. I was established. Um, I was secure there, you know, coming into this. I was really lucky. Um, Obviously, I took a big hit. Like, you know, what I anticipated the year would be financially was very, very different. Um, There were also, like, I had set up, you know, I just mentioned 
how I had like the way my employees were structured, like PPP wasn't necessarily an option for me because even though I was like impacted by it, um, I didn't have W2 employees that I could like pay out, you know? So it was just navigating all of that and being like, from when I started the company in spring of 2017 to then being like hit with the pandemic um, in the spring of 2020, it was like, okay, like this is whether I intended to do this or not. I got to sit down, like, where am I at? Like, what does this mean now? And like, like I said, it wasn't just about like, what does this mean for my clients? But what does this mean for my company? Like, how do we pivot? I know that's a word that we've all overused, but it's true. Like, it's just, it's figuring that out. And I think that the people that were the most successful during this time are those that were like, okay, this sucks. Like, let's, let's, this is, this sucks. This is scary. There's a lot going on, but like, what can I do? Like, sitting, I'm not saying that I didn't have hard days. I absolutely did. I cried a lot. (laughs) Um, but I also had days that were like really triumphant that were like, okay, how do we, how do we do this? Like not just for myself, but you know, for clients and stuff that I worked with for partnerships that I forged from this. I mean, I have come out and I still don't think we're on the other side. I still think we're very much in this um, pandemic, (laughs) but I have more clients than I've ever had. some are pro bono work that I'm doing because it's, I think it's important to, for this industry to make sure that people stay afloat. Um, and, you know, I'd love to talk a little bit more about kind of working with you and like seeing how you've grown and like, like an unintended consequence is that the, of the three like growth principles of like explore, educate, engage, it's actually a really helpful framework for someone that's trying to start a business. So wasn't um, unintended consequences the name of? Uh, wasn't that the theme for the TEDx Philadelphia? Um, oh God, it was that we went to together. That we went to together. At Temple. Did we? Oh, that's so did we meta. Plan that, or did we just happen to run into each other? Because this was. I I think it that was also an unintended consequence. <laughs> I can't remember because it's. I we d- we didn't plan it, but as soon as we were there, we we're like, oh, cool, we'll be sitting together all day, and um, it was holding hands to, optional. Yes, yes, it was an unintended consequence, which you know, was absolutely beautiful because this came up, um, uh, in season one, I spoke with Michelle and Jason who I was going to say, you introduced Michelle at that. Yeah. And, um, that was when I got to meet, uh, one of their employees at the time, Heather McBride, who is a photographer. And so her and I started chatting and it's like, Oh, you know, it's May, 2019. I just started MG the venue specialist. And so it was wonderful to see Jason, Michelle, it was wonderful to meet Heather, um, it was wonderful to spend the day with you. And obviously all the, it was, it was a very long day, but <laughs> it was, it was such it was, a long it was amazing. day. It's, it's, it's intense. Like it is, I, I had not really watched a whole lot of Ted talks prior to that. And so it was, it was a very fascinating experience for me. And, you know, if you would have told me, okay, in 13 months time, like you and Heather, like Heather's going to literally save your life because, <laughs> She's going to come up, you know, we're going to start talking about micro weddings and we're going to put these packages together with the florist that she's friends with. And, you know, literally saved me, you know, during the pandemic to be able to offer these, these micro wedding and elopement packages. So it's unintended consequences. It's, well, it's bonkers. And, and to even, I want to use the word bonkers more, <laughs> just keep that just lifeful <laughs> teleportation device, use bonkers more, but Ironically, also to talk about like bringing things full circle, part of the training modules that I did for Nerd Street, we use TED Talks because they were great. There's some TED Talks that are out there that aligned with like customer service or, 
you know, in terms of dealing with teams and working with each other, emotional intelligence, things that are out there. And there's smaller talks, like some of them are longer, but like these like eight to 12 minute talks I found were really integral for sparking conversations with each other, especially when you're doing it through a screen. You know, Mm -hmm. it was such, we lived in the upside down, we're still in the upside down. So it's like, what can we do to navigate that? Um, I also think like it was a really exciting time for beverage too. Like basically like where we were prior to this and where we are today in terms of like e-commerce and how people are shopping and what they're shopping for. I mean, essentially we just catapulted and accelerated what was going to happen three to five years from now, now. And it's, I mean, canned cocktails, they are everywhere. Everyone's doing it. Uh, you know, damn near every brewery is making a seltzer. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, I, I was just cracking up uh, over the weekend thinking, do you remember the summer when they came out with Not Your Father's Root Beer? And I couldn't go into a Wegmans without like nine people coming up to the, you know, the beer director at the store with someone frantically like, do you have any, do you have any today? Do you have any of the beer? It's the sugar rush. I talked about this. There was another podcast I was interviewed on where we were literally talking about not your father's root beer, Coney Island, which being at Boston beer, like had Coney Island. And then the shift that, you know, I then launched truly a couple of years later. And now what we see today, like people went from wanting these sugar bombs to like, is this gluten-free? Is this sugar-free? Is this, you know, are you using monk fruit? Are you using stevia? What's happening? Actually, one of my clients is Canteen Spirits, so we're ready to drink. So it's uh, Canteen Vodka Soda, Cantina, um, which is like their tequila soda, which is my personal fave. And it's been really exciting um, to kind of see what's happening. And also, you'll appreciate this being from Texas. I've had to explain to a lot of people what ranch water is. I have no idea what ranch water is. Oh my gosh. So it's huge in Texas. It's huge in Austin specifically. So ranch water traditionally is tequila, lime, top it with Topo Chico. Oh, okay. See, I so, I mean, I, I moved to Philly when I was 18. So fair. So I didn't know anything about you weren't, alcohol. So you, <laughs> clearly you were not drinking at 18. I, I, I mean, not. I think I think Zima was the rage uh, at, at the time. So I have a serious question. Yes. So like Zima came back and like, obviously there were a lot of conversations around Zima. Am I allowed to ask you questions? Is that allowed? Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, that being yes. said. So I remember like launching truly, like having all these conversations about stuff. I was not aware that you were supposed to put Skittles in Zima. I mean, that was I, not something I did, I but apparently like- that was the move. Um, I don't recall Skittles, but I feel like maybe Jolly Ranchers. If oh, again, I don't know. going back to sugary substances, it's it's. Uh, uh, remember wine coolers? Like those were a thing. Oh, it's amazing how far the beverage world has come, and so it's you know it's 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 been super cool to see how everyone's kind of adapted and how um, oh yeah you know even the beauty of like okay now like all these distilleries were making hand sanitizer at the beginning like it just. I, you know, and that, that kind of rolls into my, my next question and the next subject, like you and I are both all about helping people and mm-hmm. we use our, our skills and our talents in different ways. And, you know, I feel like you have mentored me so much and been like, okay, you need to sign up for this or like, you need to talk to this person or like, you need to go here. And I feel like I've always tried to do that for other people. And so mm-hmm. when I've been able to like, 
absorb these resources, share them with other people. I even had um, at an industry event a couple weeks ago, I met this wonderful couple that are wedding photographers that have also um, opened up their own like small kind of like like a super tiny wedding studio in Coatesville. And when I, you know, reached out to them and I was like, you know, here's my contact information. I'd love to connect. And I know you guys said you need some like resources or needed to connect with people, um, you know, refresh my memory, what you were looking for. And their response was, you're being so generous. Like, what can we possibly give you? And I was like, pay it forward. Like this is, I, you know, kind of the, it's the same way that I have, um, you know, venues sometime asking me, you know, about like commission or, you know, it's like, I, I'm not here for, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, obviously I would like to get paid by my clients. <laughs> yes. But I, I, if I know, taught you anything, it's that clients should pay you. Yes. <laughs> but I'm on time. It's I'm, I'm not 50% here down to, first. Go on. you know, force, force specific venues on anyone because like I'm going to get some sort of payout. Like it's a hundred percent, you know, you said things aren't black and white for you with your business. And it's the same way for me. Like every, every single individual, like you have to tailor and custom, you know, their needs and figure out what's going to be best for them. Um, and so that's, you know, it's the same way with mentorship and it's the same way with like everything else that we do that you have to be fluid and adaptable and also have a a sense of humor about it. (laughs) Absolutely. Being nimble, laughing about it. It's crucial. And you unpacked a lot there. Like I would say, let's work backwards. So one, you're amazing. I'm just going to shout that out on the podcast. You did not pay me to say that this is not sponsored. This is just (laughs) my belief. But I got a text message from my parents earlier. They were asking you to say that. That's really where that came from. Oh, that was that number. Okay. Good to know. (laughs) I'll save it. Hodge parents. Excellent. But that being said, I think that, and it's, and I still get excited by hearing you talk about what you're doing, because at the end of the day, you're passionate about what you're doing. You're excited. You, you care. And that's why, sure. Like fundamentally you understand what you need to look for. You get the logistics, you understand what you need to look for in a venue. You understand, you know, you can take the metrics of what a couple, um, whoever's hiring you for an event, like you can take what the client's needs are and then you can apply that to your knowledge, but you also have fun doing it. And that's one of the things that like, I always encourage business owners to think about, like, why are you doing this in the first place? Like I really enjoyed, you know, you and I can talk about this till like, as the day is long, I like talking to people. I like finding out what their goals are for their business. I was never the sales rep that was like, okay, this is my product. Have a nice day. It was like, tell me about your business. Like, what do you have going on? Like my clients came to me because I could talk to them. Like I was consulting for years without realizing it. (laughs) Like, excuse me. I apologize. So I think that there's something to be said for that. Like when you cultivate the relationship and it's coming from, you know, an authentic place, like that's, that's something that's really important. I also like, I applaud what you're doing because I also believe in karma. Like I, my goal is sure. I want experience three to be the fit. I want me to be the fit for whatever the prospective client's need is. But like, if I'm not the right fit, how do I help them find the right fit? I mean, I've had this business for four years and really had to do limited marketing because everything has stemmed from relationships that I've had, word of mouth, things that I've built. Um, Because I think that there's something you also don't know. This is such an incestuous industry. You know, people go from one place to another place and then back to the first place. And then like 
three years later, they then go back where they, they open up something else and they bring in somebody from somewhere else. So you never know who's going to, what's going to yield what you could have a conversation with someone who there's someone I talked with right when I was starting. And then they hired me in 2018. I hadn't heard from them in two years with the pandemic. You know, I always check in and we can talk about um, like kind of communication, best practices, if that's helpful. But I had, you know, sometimes I had checked in, I hadn't heard back from him. And then he called me three months ago and was like, Hey, you know, your messages have not gone on notice. He's a restaurant group um, out of the Southeast. I'm under NDA, so I can't talk too much about it because it's for an, an upcoming airport RFP, but I'm creating another concept for them. And it was something that you can't lose sight of, you know, just because if you don't get something instantaneously, like there's not going to necessarily, we work our backgrounds in sales, right? So we want that instant gratification of like, I come in, I talk to you about this. You put it on the next day. That's best case scenario. That does not always happen. And when you're running your own business, it's so important to understand, like, you need to have things in the pipeline. You don't want to have everything. You know, if you have everything all at once, you're probably not going to have the bandwidth to execute the right way. So it's, I, I sure. can't, the slow burn, it's, you know, it, it was all about the hustle and, you know, that's something I'll reflect on from time to time is like how long it took me to like work on certain accounts or certain managers, um, to finally get that tap line and to get a permanent handle or things like that, that, um, and you're a hundred percent right of like building those relationships because, you know, I know I could have like maybe worked at an account for a long time. And then that manager moves somewhere else and then they have like full reign. So now it's like, okay. Yeah. So it's um, it all, it's domino effect. And you never know who you're going to, who I always joke that like, this is why I'm nice to everyone because it's always going to come back to you. Like you're always going to see this person again because Philly is the smallest city in the world and um, everyone knows each other and everyone talks and it's, you know, it was it's nice when you see your your you know your reputation being so high that people in the community like respect you and it's um it's like cuz you you built it and i even i can't even make this up i was meeting a friend of mine who he used like used to be a bar manager and we're still friends so we met for happy hour a couple weeks ago at second street brew house mm. and you know i always it was my you know used to be my old stomping grounds when we lived in pensport and uh, this guy at the end of the bar is asking the bartender, it's like, does that girl have a double name? And, you know, the bartender, you know, known me a long time. A double name. Like, um, is this guy a creep? Like what's going on? And so, um, he says, Mary Grace. And it turns out we lived on the same floor freshman year that. <laughs> That's amazing. And so 21 years ago. <laughs> Drexel. Holy moly baseball bats. That's amazing. Because he's, he's, uh, did you live on the third floor of Myers when you went to Drexel? I'm like, uh, yes. Are you in here to kill me? <laughs> and so he had, did very, you have a purple toothbrush? <laughs> yeah. He had very fond memories of me. And it's like, oh yeah, my girlfriend Casey and I, you know, we, we thought you were great. It's like, man, that's, that's amazing. Cause Bob has all, my husband's always been very impressed as like, when I'm able to pull kind of like, how did you know that person's name, where they worked? And it's like, that's what I do. Like, yeah, you, you memorize sports figures and players and statistics. Like that's what I do with normal people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> regular also, people. I mean. <laughs> PS tell Bob, I say, what's up? Well, no, I well. think, I also think that's also like, so part of, um, the three strategy too, outside of like the fundamental, like business development training, all that jazz is 
making sure all the stakeholders are involved. Like sometimes the decision maker isn't the only person you need to talk to. It's, and, and actually I'm adamantly against that. Like talk to as many people as possible, like get the full picture of what's happening. Because just like if people are going to go, you know, we talk about how people can shift to different accounts or different organizations or companies or whatever, people can also shift roles. So, you know, especially for folks like us that are seasoned reps that have been in the market for a while, if you go and you speak with somebody and when they're a bartender or server, which by the way, they're going to have the most information. That's your goldmine. That's who you want to speak to a hundred percent. You don't know, like down the line, they could be the beverage manager. Which so very true in many instances. Well, and especially this year with COVID with so many people being furloughed or let go, like positions were consolidated. So you never know that. And there was somebody who, so I had, um, the one thing I'll say is I went from, and you know this, but for your listeners, I went, I had a really atypical career track in beer. I went from doing sales locally in Philly. I did quite well to then jumping to overseeing all the airports and concessions for the U S. So it was quite the leap literally. And I remember it was a really scary transition. So about two or three years into the role, I, you know, had a, a, they're called Arias USA. They're a concessionaire that's based out of Miami. And I happened to be down there to give a presentation and I met their new like head of training who was like kind of attached to what I did, but he wasn't the beverage buyer, but he was new to the industry. He wasn't new to training, but he was new to the industry. And I honestly forgot that I did this until this summer he reached out to me and he was like, Hey, I'm with this company, customer gauge. Now we want to talk to you. He was like, I talk about your email all the time. And so I, I pick up the phone and I call him and I'm like, Hey man, uh, what email? <laughs> Quick question. What email are you talking about? <laughs> Cause, uh, I don't, I don't send a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. And he's like the email you sent me. And I was like, Carrie, you got to work with me here. I send a lot of emails. And he was like the night that we met, he said, you, when I talked with you and I told you I was new to the industry, you said that you were going to send me some resources. And I sent him an email that was like, Hey, these are, this is airport experience news. This is, you know, these are the conferences that I attend. This is what helped me. Like when I was learning things about the industry, these are the other players. Like, this is who you're going against, like all this stuff. And then he and I built a great relationship. And I remember getting a couple of promotions because we tied in like training initiatives with product promotions. Um, So there was a lot of synergy there, which was great. And then, you know, I moved on from that role. I got promoted and he and I stayed in touch every so often, but I hadn't really talked. This was my first time talking on the phone in almost a decade. And like, it was, I was just like, I didn't even remember that I did that. And that's, Um, it's amazing. Like, it's so awesome to hear stories like that of like, you're just living your life. Like you're literally just being Liz Einhorn and like, just thank you. But you're the same way, which is why I gravitate towards you. And like, and I think that there's something that it's really important that we like support and amplify each other. Like, I think that it's very easy for people to get competitive and like my background's in sales. I'm super competitive, but it's also like, when do you compartmentalize that? Like when, how do you prioritize like where it makes sense to be competitive and to have that drive you? And then where does it make sense to, and especially as a business owner, I cannot advocate this enough. You cannot do it all. Collaboration, not competition. So speaking of collaboration, um, I would love for you to tell our listeners all about dumplings for all. Yes. Um, Okay. Awesome. I I would love to know if there are going to be gluten-free options moving forward. And there were gluten-free options before. Oh, were there? 
Yeah. Uh, I got you. Okay. El Mercury, Guatemalan cuisine. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. I will make sure I will add you and Carrie to, (laughs) because I always notify Carrie of gluten-free stuff and I will now start doing that for you as well. For sure. All right, I'm in. I will eat gluten-free dumplings to help. And who are, who are we helping? Tell, tell us all about dumplings for all. So, okay, this is a very exciting story. So you talk about what happened in the last year of the pandemic. So I would have never had time for this. Also, it, I guess it should be worthy to note, I'm about to fly for the first time in two weeks. I went from traveling 85% of the time to I haven't flown in the last 18 months. I'm like, oh, I'm a little nervous. I, I feel you. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm going to a conference. So I'm like, oh boy. But then, yeah. Yeah. That sound is perfect. But then I get to. <laughs> what city are you going to? Dallas. Oh boy. I'll be, I'm right behind you. We're, we're going the first week of September. So yeah. I had originally told my parents we weren't going to come home until the fall and not realizing that the summer was going to progress into <laughs> where we are. Well, but, yeah. So Dumplings for All came about Prior to the pandemic, there's a women in hospitality group for Philly women uh, that MG and I are both a part of that I met Judy Nee through. Judy owns Biology. So topically, we've known each other for years, the small industry. And then during pandemic, she and her husband and their family were looking to move to Fairmount, which is the neighborhood I live in Philly. So we just started having a lot of conversations from that. And then just as things were progressing... In the world, we had a lot of conversations around food access and both like firmly believe like food access is not a political issue. It's a human rights issue, like making sure people have access to food is integral and doing it in a way that uh, locally owned restaurants and who were suffering during the pandemic, particularly like women owned restaurants, like how, how do we bring all these things together? And this is something that, you know, prior to the pandemic, I was traveling like a maniac. So it was not being on planes, trains, automobiles did give me a lot more time. And I was able to work in tandem with Judy and we created dumplings for all. It just came from a conversation of, I was like, Hey, August, blah, blah, blah is national bow day. And she's like, yeah. And in September it's national dumpling day. So we started talking about it and we're like, well, every single culture has a form of dumpling. Like a ravioli is a dumpling, a pierogi is a dumpling, a potsticker is a dumpling. So we created this Dumplings for All. The the program itself is the, we're not a nonprofit, but we love to support nonprofits and organizations that are helping people get access to food. And it's a series of food initiatives, the primary ones being centered around National Dumpling Day. So it's a buy one, give one uh, dumpling initiative. So from the consumer side of it, you pay $20. It's the same cost for all the restaurants. That was something that was very important to us as well. There's a discrepancy sometimes where, you know, six pot stickers will be $5, but three ravioli will be $27. So we wanted to make sure it was like an even playing field across the board. So with that $20 purchase, you got one set of dumplings in real time, but Talk, who is our partner, are you familiar with the ordering reservation platform, Talk? I'm not. They're out of Chicago. They're wonderful. Josh, who's our rep for talk is, I would love to sing his praises all day. Parade for Josh. Talk about great customer service and follow up and just being a genuinely good human. So talk partnered with us. So on the back end, they could keep the the counts. So we had eight eight different restaurants that participated. Um, All This was not our intention. We knew that we wanted them to all be local, but they were all women owned. 
as well, which was fantastic. So the restaurants got exposure, which was great for them. They did, we had no outside sponsorship for it. So they would do their costs that like our stipulation was, it needs to be the equivalent of a meal. And the $20 needed to cover their food costs um, and also enough to produce two meals essentially. Um, So then our recipient partner, our community partner was North Philly Peace Park in the Sharswood neighborhood. They're an incredible, incredible organization. They also have a site in West Philly as well. And what they're doing for these communities is incredible. Like they have the garden that's like, take what you need. Because a lot of times in these neighborhoods, there's not access to fresh fruit or vegetables. Like your supermarket, local supermarket is the bodega on the corner. Um, And they also have a lot of community programs and things like that. So the consumers ordered the dumplings in real time. And then we had the counts on the end. So then we donated over 200 meals to them, which was fantastic. That's awesome. And then is this a monthly program or is so it? So that, that was centered around, um, it's not monthly at this time. So the exciting thing is that, so especially with Talk as our partner, the plan is in the next two years, uh, we're actually going to launch this in 20 other cities across the U.S. Oh, wow. So the Dumplings for All itself is the the primary program is around National Dumpling Day, uh, which is September 26th. So there's programming that goes around that. But again, throughout the year, as opportunities present themselves, we're just right now, it's, you talked earlier about a slow burn. We're just doing this the right way. Setting Um, the foundation. Yeah. And just being cautious, just in light of everything, like right now you know, down the line in terms of scale, like this could be something that definitely has a lot of event potential, you know, like a festival where you could try the different offerings and things like that. We're just not there yet um, because of where we are in the world with the oh, pandemic. Completely understandable. But, yes, absolutely. But again, it's just like the takeaway for Dumplings for All is it supports programs and food initiatives that are going to help get food to people that need it. Love it. That's amazing. Um, and then where where can our listeners follow along Dumplings for All? Is there an Instagram page? There is. There's at Dumplings for All. The four is the number four. Okay. Wonderful. And we'll so, definitely make sure to um, share that you. on the Beyond the Venue podcast thank Instagram you. as well. Of course. Um, especially now that we have oh, gluten-free dumplings. Um, yes. So we're, Liz, we're all, you, all dietary stuff covered. You are, you are a busy, 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 busy lady. Um, yes, I'm tired. <laughs> I, I would love to know, like, you know, self-care. I know that you've practiced yoga in the past. I know, mm-hmm. um, like, what, what are your self-care regimens? And then I know that oh. you are also um, a huge advocate, like myself, for normalizing mental health. Absolutely. Mental health is health. And, um, so I just wanted to, to kind of hear your experience a little bit about like how you take care of yourself and, um, you know, any, any food for thought for our, uh, our listeners. Sure. So mental health, I am a huge, huge advocate for, uh, my number one, like thing that I'm grateful for during the pandemic was my therapist's ability to do telehealth sessions. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. And I think that that's something that I didn't have to like skip a beat there. And I think that it's really important to, I'm very grateful. I have an incredible network of friends and family um, who are supportive and wonderful, but I think having like a third party to talk to, to keep you in check, who's neutral and um, therapy is work. I, I subscribe to that, but I think 
having that is really important. And I'm very, very grateful for my therapist. Um, he will be sent this podcast. And, <laughs> and I just think that it's, you know, especially in terms of like entrepreneurs, like we talk about people that were getting up and running that I was supporting and it's a really scary time. And it's, I think that there's, I think on social media, there's so much that you see that people are like, Oh, like, this is what I ate today. And, um, this is like, these are my, you know, $85 million, like silk pajamas that I wear and my hair's not out of place. Like, come on, like, you know, like, guess what? I can't tell you, like, you know how like the mullet is the business in the front party in the back. Like to me, like the mullet of 2020 to 21 is like, I am actually wearing a dress today. So I, you know, <laughs> I'm contradicting myself, but it was like the business top sweat, like sweat pant bottom. Like, Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. Comfort is key. Um, oh, that helped I'm, me clean out my closet. I like went through and I'm like, if this isn't comfortable, I'm getting rid of it. Like that is the one thing that I'm like, I will not bow to this. Like it's, it's important to, you know, dress heels. appropriately, but I, I was always anti heels to begin with. So. I don't think I will ever want to wear them again. Um, so no, with regard to mental, I think it's really important to check in with ourselves. I mean, I think this year, whether we wanted to or not, we were sheltering place. We were at home. You spent time with yourself. Um, so I think that's important. I think it's also something I'm actively working on is being kind to myself. I think that that's something we all that's important for all of us to do. I think that as business owners, you know, you can get caught up in the craziness of like, did I do this? Did I do that? Like, what do I need to do for the client? Like, no, what do you need to do for yourself? Cause when you're right, you're going to be able to support your clients better. And it's, it's setting boundaries. It's if there are people or clients or things that are, that, that are toxic, like remove them. Like I've had prospective clients who it's like when you're interviewing for a job, if you don't get a good sense when you're interviewing with them, what is it going to be like when you work for them? This so, has come up a lot in our um, our well-struck entrepreneur group of, you know, that concept of like breaking up with clients or, you know, just making sure that um, values are aligned and that, you know, right from the get-go that you're making sure that you're going in the in the right direction because it will ultimately affect, you know, your mental health if you <clears throat> if you if you don't say no to a client that will just literally take you out. Right. And I also, the client's not always right. The customer is not always right. We saw that this year. Like there are, I work with a lot of restaurants and there are some people that have been from a patron standpoint that have been incredible. And there's others that like are very demanding and seem to not really recognize what's going on in the world. And I think this that has best- blown my mind. There has definitely been an outbreak of entitled insanity of people Mm -hmm. just don't know how to behave like an adult when you go out to a bar or a restaurant anymore because we were locked up for so long and then oh social social socialization has taken a big big turn and these poor flight attendants that are you know i was just reading an article about like you know this 22 year old dude who had to get taped up to a chair because he was sexually assaulting the flight attendants and tried to punch a male attendant just people are out of pocket and so i wow i feel terrible for everyone on the receiving of this (laughs) so yeah so well to take it back to so like i think a best practice so with so let's answer all the questions. So with regard to customers, 
and like customers that are potentially like toxic or challenging. So a best practice that I subscribe to that I encourage others that I work with to subscribe to is you need to have a realistic understanding of bandwidth. So when you're at the stage of negotiating, what's your scope going to look like? And this came from practice. This came from having the business for several years. Like it's, it's learnings, right? Like you pick up things along the way and you're like, okay, this worked, this didn't. How do I shift this moving forward? So basically tailoring, like I had entrepreneurs that I was coaching and mentoring who told me that they were entering into engagements with clients without a contract. I was like, that's unacceptable. No, 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 no. Unacceptable. Like you need to have a contract because that is, even if it's a very basic one. Well, it protects you as much as it exactly. protects them. Um, it, it protects both of you. It also is how you're going to set a boundary. You detail the scope of like, this is what's covered. This is what's not. I had a large contract that I started with that we signed on to do an event. And then the nature of the event shifted. So our rate had been set, like it was a project fee and we ended up doing double the work. And I had team members. So like they, you know, I basically made no money on the project and I was like, well, this will never happen again. (laughs) And so it's like understanding like, okay, X, Y, and Z are covered. I work with a lot of like graphic designers and I have them stipulate that this, you know, whatever we're giving to the client without going into too much detail, it's like you get one revision. So it's having, because things that are going to impact your time, you know, you want to think about your time. You talk about self-care, it's being, it's being aware of time. And it's, I'm working on that. I'm working on, you know, I was somebody who, because I was traveling so much routine was really hard for me because my schedule was so all over the place. So building routines, understanding what works, that's something that really helps me. And it's, it's an active work in progress, but I like definitely recommend it. I think the more that you can be consistent with that, it will just help you feel more organized. I'm a list person. So I like the, I like doing like literally writing out the list. I get a thrill from checking things off the list. I will also admit right that like, I will, I will put everything on the list so that I can like get that little, I did it. My new process has been um, like, I've tried to use markers as much as possible during the pandemic to have like color. And mm-hmm. so I'll make a to-do list in like my colorful markers and then um, a couple months ago, finally purchased a balance bound planner. And it's great because then I can take my to-do list and just put all the things that I need to do and map out my week. And cool. Cool. so it's just, you know, everybody's got to have their own process and this is what's mm-hmm. been working for me. So I am right there with you to take a big fat marker and cross it off. <laughs> getting totally. it done. Yeah. And also like, be okay. Like if your process has to change, like that's okay. Like you, like, just because you start something, if you don't like it, like, cool, you don't like it, like move on, try something else. I think that it's just, you have to be, you know, we talk about the importance of being as a business owner, being fluid and being nimble and being flexible. Like, why don't you do that with yourself? Like that's, I think, an opportunity. Grace and, and space and the, okay, I, need to walk away. Like instead of trying to power through something, maybe I will take a walk or I'll take a nap or, you know, watch a quick 30 minutes of something just to walk away from a task at hand. So, Oh yeah. um, I love a walk. It's, it's, um, it's, especially lately, the weather has not been terrible. It's been super pleasant. (laughs) I know. Right. For August. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Um, for sure. 
Well, that's Did that answer? Can... Oh yeah, totally. Okay. And um, like I know it's, I think it's been super nice to, um, I think when I first started seeing a therapist a couple of years ago that it was, um, I tried to bring it up in conversation as much as possible to try and like normalize it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like you do the same that like we, I feel like we just had such a healthy conversation about it. Kind of like the first go around that it's, um, you know, and that's, that's one of the things that I really want to highlight this season, um, on the podcast is just, again, making sure that we're talking about mental health because, you know, specifically in our industry, like hospitality, like we are, there's, there's a lot going on. So it's, it's amazing to see how some places in Philadelphia are finally starting to dress it. And, um, some, I'm, I'm, I'm just very curious to see kind of how the next, even how the next couple months are going to pan out. Cause it's, it's not going to be great. No. And I, I also like to your point, like, I like that we talked about it just like I talk about going to my therapist with the same enthusiasm that I talk about going to Trader Joe's. Like I think <laughs> that they're, except your therapist I probably ju- doesn't have the everything bagel, bagel seasoning. <laughs> no. Mm, I mean, he's pretty great, but is he everything bagel seasoning? I'm not sure. Mm, that's a tough one. When you also know, like, Sidebar, like I love condiments and I have that the condiment queen um, Instagram that I play with sometimes and I, and I work with CPG clients and doing some fun stuff with CPG. Like consumer package goods? Yes, thank you. Sorry, I keep on forgetting to detail out or define um, my acronyms. But I think that the other thing too is like, it's okay to not be okay. And I just really want to shout that from the rooftops. And I have even folks that I've you know, to go back to the idea of mentorship, I think mentorship is a two-way street. I don't think when you mentor somebody, it's, okay, I'm telling you all the things. Like, you should learn just as much from your mentee as you get from your mentor, and it's a collaborative support system. I, I really subscribe to that. And I think that it's also, like, I have fellow entrepreneurs that I can be, like, who, who, it's funny because it's, like, the cobbler whose shoes, like, need work, Right. Like I will be like, oh, you need to do this, this, and this. And then I will also be like, oh my gosh, I didn't get anything done today. What just happened? Where did the day go? And like, <laughs> but it's like, and that happens. And if somebody says that doesn't happen, uh, they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, when that happens, it's like, okay, like, where do I go from here? You know, I think that when you're an entrepreneur, it's, it's crucial to have discipline because you have, you have to, you know, we talk about the importance of defining a routine. It's also you know, understanding your bandwidth, understanding like as you're building things out, like what time, like how much time is involved in a project? Like, where is the ROI for you? Like, I think that there's this common misconception that you need to have a million clients. You don't, you know, I mean, it depends on for the, I mean, unless you're like a service, like, can you imagine if you tried to source 18 different venues at once, it would be disaster. So I think that it's, you know, something to be said for just really constantly when you're checking in with yourself, like, where am I at? Like at the end of each client, if it's a project versus a retainer client, I do an evaluation with the client and then with any internal stakeholders. Like if there was anyone that I hired on my team, like I literally, I have a survey, I have a check-in. You know, I think it's important to do that because how else are you going to learn from it? Oh, absolutely. And it's, I think, you know, every single client I've had along the way, I've learned something that I'm able to use for the next one. And it's, it's, you, you never stop learning. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm very lucky to have 
found so many different support systems, both like on the entrepreneur side, on the social justice side, that I, as rough as I know that this next month is going to be, um, still with like the uncertainty and the Delta variant, et cetera. Um, there's so many different things that I'm working on and so many different projects to, to, to have a good foundation in place. So that way, you know, within the next couple months, it'll, it'll come back. Everything's going to be fine (laughs) and I'm going to be ready. And it's going to be like, this is, this is version 3.0 of MG, the venue specialist. Like these are my beliefs and my values. You know, I am, I am here to help you. And, you know, if my, if my enthusiasm and my excitedness at just, you know, if you're not here for it, then bye. Bye. It's cool. I can't. Yeah, and you know what? Like also call me if you're yeah. like, I think too, I want to normalize like, Hey, call when not only call when you're stressed out and you've had a bad day, but also call when you've had like a great day. I just had to hold back from using the F word, but I think <laughs> that, you know, I, I want to, you know, I think, especially being in the hospitality industry, for the most part, like people complain, they don't compliment. Like I'm that person when I get great customer service and the call will be like, by the way, is there like a manager that I can speak to? And usually the customer service rep is like, oh, Ooh, like, what do I do? <laughs> and I'm like, I just want to let them know you were great. And they were like, they're like, excuse me, <laughs> what come again? And I'm like, no, this was really helpful. Thank you. I want to acknowledge that. Like, I think. And I think as women, sometimes we're scared or, you know, I don't, I can't speak for anyone other than myself, but I know like I sometimes get awkward talking about myself. Like it's so easy for me and natural to be like, MG did this, like Carrie did this, like Lauren did this, like, and, and Kamara did this and like shout people from the rooftops and like, because I want to, because I also am very grateful and very lucky that I'm surrounded by like awesome women who are kicking ass and taking names continuously. But you know, it's, there's this stigma that if I'm like, hey, I did this today and it was great, it's like, mm, like what you what you doing about? It? Like, no, you know, I don't, my Instagram posts definitely tell me to keep sharing my good news because anytime good. I <laughs> great, that's, do it. That's uh, apparently my my followers are here for that content, so I will just my followers, keep, yes, keep up love the, that the positivity. Um, so Liz, my last question for you today is. Ooh, okay. I'm MG, the venue specialist. What is your favorite venue? My gosh. I know it's a hard question because there's so many. And you're you're Little Miss Traveler. So you. Yeah. So ironically, all right, you know, I love Philadelphia, but I'm going to go with a spot in Nashville. Interesting. Yes. It's called Pinewood Social. Oh yeah, we couldn't get in there because it was so like booked up. Like they're like, do you have a reservation? I'm like, no, I just want to have a cocktail at the bar. And they're like, well, you need to wait for like an hour to have a cocktail at the bar. Wait, no, I'm lying. I'm confusing my venues. Is Pinewood Social? They have like a bowling alley and stuff. Yes, that place is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we did get to go there. We had drinks there before dinner at Husk. Oh, fancy Sean McGrady. That's great. Um, uh, the Husk is the first place I ever ate pig ears. Very kosher. Delicious. Okay. Um, So Nashville, um, my company did a, for, I mentioned we work with Paradis Agadair. So, uh, and we worked with Robin and Michelle um, were event specialists that I brought in who are phenomenal. And we did, uh, it was called Step on Stage. We did like a mini music festival. 
And Pinewood was one of the spots that we looked at and it was such an incredible venue. It didn't work for what we needed because it was a little too far from where the conference was. So we went with Acme Feed, Seed and Feed, which is another great spot. But with Pinewood, this is what I love about it. So to your point, it has a bowling alley, which is super fun. Um, keeping that in mind, though, within the bowling alley, along the wall, they have all these different cans, like picture like canned goods that are like local things, but they're different colors. So what you can do is like if you were hosting a party there, you can actually have the cans along the wall spell out a message or like you can have them spell out and just those little extra touches oh that's so cool so cool they also like it's just one of those spots that it's like the things keep on like just augmenting in terms of like what you can do like that space itself it also has like a pop-up coffee shop that you can convert that to do like because parties does retail we were actually gonna we were thinking about converting it into like a pop-up retail store so when the guests walked in they could get the experience as though they were at retail at the airport they have a huge bar space their cocktail program is outstanding they have a pool. <laughs> like oh, that's right. there's just yep. so much. Um, they have a lot of like their menu is really innovative. That that group also has the downtown club, which is in downtown um Nashville that has a mullet bar wall of fame. I love that mullets unexpectedly, like that's an unintended consequence, come up <laughs> twice during this conversation. Just putting that out there. But yeah, I mean, I think that and no one understands this better than you having a venue that can truly celebrate um, and kind of be a canvas for anything like your client wants to happen. Like Pinewood just has so many possibilities and has so much cool things and like the little touches that I really appreciate. Um, So I think that's why I would name it my favorite venue. I love it. I, I accept. Um, That's awesome. Well, uh, will you please let our listeners know where they can follow you, Liz? Yeah, please. Um, and, you know, to MG's point, I love talking to anyone and everyone. So please reach out. So my personal Instagram is at Liz.Einhorn. Uh, three's Instagram is at Experience3 with three E's. And um, I'm really active on LinkedIn as well. So look look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, send me a message to connect. And also our website. So Experience3.com. We have a section on the website that's contact. So drop a line if you want to potentially work together on a project or learn a little bit more about what we do or just say hello. Yay. Thank you for having thank you me. So this much. is so oh, thank, fun. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was awesome talking with you. Uh, listeners, thanks for joining us. Please follow Beyond the Venue podcast on Instagram and also check out all of our episodes now streaming on your favorite podcast platform. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks again.